0: Hey friends. Hey friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is Oh That's, oh, That's My, My Gay, Gay Friend.
1: Friend, episode number 54. Well, hey husband, how are you today? I'm good husband, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen, amen. Welcome friends to another wonderful episode of Oh That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Together Again Tour by Jenna Jackson. It is the last day of her tour. Is it already? Wow. It's the last day of her tour. Mama did that across these United States of America.
0: Well, good for her. I know she's tired. I know she's (laughs) ready to
1: take that ponytail out and sit on down. Just rest, relax the feet. Mm -hmm. So, friends, you guys know what time it is. We do it every week. You know, it's time to gather your cocktail. And while you gather your libation, we'll tell you our selection we're having for tonight. And also have a kiki while we check up about our week. So, husband, it looks like you're just hydrating over there because, you know, keeping it cute for summer. Yep, it's all about uh, hydration. So, I'm drinking water. What are you drinking? I am having an old-time classic, just gin and juice. You know, just, you can never go wrong with that. It's a classic for a reason. It really is. So, friends, we hope you have your libation in hand. And now we're going to raise these glasses for a wonderful, wonderful episode. So, let's go ahead and raise these glasses. Here we go. Clink, 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 clink. Take Simp, a sip.
0: Tell us how you like it. Tell us how you feel.
1: Mm-hmm. I miss gin. Well, you got it back. I know. I miss gin, but also we, we went to something this past week that had a gin-based. It was a gin-based cocktail situation. And I was so happy about that because... Mm a lot of people don't really fuck with gin like that so it gets a bad rap sometimes I think
0: because it has such a, a poignant taste to it like you can taste it in whatever you're drinking Yeah. So and it's a very specific taste that doesn't even with stuff that people mix it with It it is so distinct and you can still spot it out so it's if you lit. don't yeah so if you don't fuck with the taste it is hard to kind of bypass it other than like with vodka, if you don't like the taste, you can still mix it with shit, and it'll kind of
1: overpower it. But yeah, okay. Well, do you want to get into our weeks to talk about the things that we did?
0: I I do I All do. Right. Let's get into so this. So how week. was your week, husband?
1: Uh, my week was
0: good. I you know I can't complain. It was just a another week that week Um. Yeah, nothing really major to report. Um, last Friday we had a date night, which has been a really nice thing that we've been doing a lot lately. Um, I've noticed. I actually forgot we had a date night until an hour before uh, we had to be where we had to be. Well, it was a double date night, so it was we.
1: We went out with another married couple.
0: Yes. Cattle. Yes, uh, but to continue my thought. I forgot about it altogether, single date or double date. I completely forgot about it, and you were at work, and you had texted me, "Hey, we may end up ha- you may end up having to meet me at you know said place we were going to for dinner." And I literally just got out of the shower, and I was like, "Well, shit! Good thing that I'm already halfway there or halfway ready to get there." But I actually, funnily enough, I still ended up getting there first.
1: You did because I was coming from work and I thought I would have been off. I had plans of being off prior to the time we were supposed to meet up and come home and do all those things. And it just sometimes the fill I work in can be very um, unpredictable. And so that had something had occurred and caused me to be late. But I was driving through the city of Santa Monica to get back to West L.A. and it, it all worked out. So, yes, it worked out. It was great. The double date. It was fabulous.
0: We had dinner and then went to a comedy show. And then we, our double date became just a regular date afterwards. And we kind of had like a nightcap. Um, It was fabulous. And Saturday we had another double date. It was very couple... Are you going to talk about the whole week together? (laughs) Well, you asked me about my week. Okay. (laughs) I know you usually talk about the week, but considering it is both our our weeks i was just gonna do a brief overview and then let you go into detail like you normally do well no but go ahead um but yeah and on saturday we had another double date and the remainder of my
1: week it was chill so how was your week work wise it was you know all right like i said just here things here and there um just being what it is. I don't know if something's in retrograde or, or what happened or if whatever people who saw some type of alien shit in Nevada. Did you hear about that? Yes. Like, so I don't know if that's affected the world or situations. I don't know. But uh, the week week, It did what it did. And so like you said, Friday night, Saturday was a great situation. Um, and then Sunday was Father's Day. And seeing how we aren't our parents of children, human beings, uh, we do have the fur berries. Uh, people did reach out and contact us and wish you happy Father's Day. Uh-huh. So that like was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And everything. But we just, I think, after everything, we just took Sunday to just relax and chill out. So that was fun. But um, yeah, that was the week for me. They did what it did it came when it's gone and now we are into official day of summer we are recording this on a wednesday because normally we record thursday but we have a jill scott concert to attend tomorrow night jilly from philly yes so um in lieu of that we didn't want to not have something for the friends out there so we decided hey you know what why not just record early and haven't be displayed out. So if something happens Thursday, just act like it didn't happen. And we'll talk about it next week. There you go. Okay. So um, so yeah, that was pretty much our weeks and everything. Um, like you said, the comedy show was really great. We had fun. That's where we have the drinks of the gin-based kind of White Claw, if you will. Something like to that kind of effect.
0: Yes. Some, it was kind of like a White Claw and it actually tasted really good. It tastes much better than a white claw. To compare it to a white claw would not give this justice. Although I don't remember what it was called, but it was sponsored by the by, by the place that we went to.
1: Right, because this comedy place that we go to, it's a secret situation, and typically you can bring your own booze and food to the to the venue. Um, but this night, like you said, it was sponsored, so that was fun. But the Brent spot we went to was in Yerba Linda. We drove out there to meet some friends. I feel like the Brent's place, needs they need to have a location in L.A. Because I feel like it would do really, really well. Especially in the West Hollywood or Hollywood area. What say you?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it would be fabulous. The place was called Mimosas. I can say the name because I know I'll never go back again. Um, but it was... Turned up and popping on a Saturday at like 1 p.m. I mean completely crowded not only with The friend groups and people that wanted to do brunch, but you had families there. So it was It catered across the board and it was it literally was just a great ambiance. It wasn't a live band. It wasn't a crazy a- a elevated it was it was it was a nice atmosphere but wasn't crazy expensive and elevated where you know you wouldn't want to bring kids to it i think what made it so popular because we were in the oc it just that demographic i think is more you know more likely to go out at that time right as opposed to you know Angelinos and people that live on the west side that tend to go out more on like a sunday Morning or a sunday afternoon Um, and especially not taking their kids. So I think that's why it was so heavily populated But it was it was still nice
1: and fun. It was very cute Very, but we forgot one major important thing you guys happy fucking pride. It's still pride month out here We're screaming it to the rooftop. Happy pride every chance we can because it's so important for us to remember those who aren't here um who fought a good fight to for us to have an actual pride and you know the ones who are here and we're still moving the the needle forward so you know happy pride i want to talk about Folsom East real quick so they Folsom East is kind of similar to Folsom in LA California San Francisco um which is a leathery type of event it's very freeing it's it's a lot of fun it's exploration of all gamuts across the bdsm field the kink community uh the queer community even there's some heterosexual people who do attend some of these events but primarily it's a queer event and uh they had their Folsom East Uh, This week this past weekend in New York City And so just want to shout out to all the people who went to Folsom East who had an amazing time at the bars Um, It's a smaller version of Folsom that happens in September and even I think it's it's even smaller than Alley that happens in July in San Francisco, but you know Just wanted to share light to that Also, I want to say Providence or I think uh, Fire Island, they had their pride this past weekend also. I saw a lot of people in my timeline who were out there. So shout out to all the people in these different cities who are having their prides. Uh, You know, we have this weekend and next weekend. That's pretty much it. So Pride Month is going by kind of fast.
0: Pride Month is priding on. But again, there's no reason why we can't take everything that we do and celebrate and the camaraderie that we share during June throughout the rest of the year. So no need to be sad or no need to, you know, begrudgingly count down the days when we can literally do exactly what we've been doing the month of June through all of the months.
1: So how do you foresee us doing that? Right? So if you had to put a solution out there or just give, one example of how you can continue to embody the spirit of pride 365 What what that look like
0: be welcoming open and receptive to your gay brother and sister when you are out at a bar or a club if you see someone by themselves speak if you see a group of people speak say hello make eye contact or at least smile or if someone speaks to you don't assume that they're trying to hook up Just assume that they may want to just have a nice conversation because I know that that's something going to West Hollywood that you see almost every every day is, you know, people in groups and cliques and not necessarily, you know, being warm with one another the way that they are during June when it's pride and in Los Angeles, you know it everyone is hey girl get over here how are you and they're they don't even know each other and it's like that's still those are still things that you can do those are still the same people the rest of the year so i think those are some some doables that you can put in place
1: kind of like if i were to put this so people who are hetero could relate to this um if you work in corporate world and monday through thursday you have to be in corporate attire but friday you can you, it's casual friday or jean friday and you can you're allowed to wear jeans but it's like i can still wear jeans monday through thursday and still get my same job duties done but i select this one day to to wear jeans and be casual where we could be casual the whole entire week and be comfortable and still do our job duties okay yeah yeah, yeah. that's how, that's how i see that <laughs> yeah. like you know what i'm saying so yeah just keeping the same energy like you said Talking to someone, saying hi, and just being friendly. And you honestly think that because we are the gay community, we are a subdivision, subculture in in the um in the world that we would be kinder to each other. You would be because kind. we know the struggle, we know what it's like to be ostracized, or we know what it's like feel like to be judged, or how people think about you a certain way. So you would just think that commonality would kind of just break us at least be softer to each other be kinder to each other in the spirit of adversity
0: you would think that and i think with every other sub group black hispanics we're usually always the most critical to our own kind yeah it it just sucks
1: it's self-hatred and it's i saw something that was um i think my cousin actually my cousin brandon posted it it was it said it it was a quote by somebody. I, I can't get the guy's name. I want to say Ivan somebody, but the basis of it was Dear Dear black man who's love with another black man. Be patient with him, be kind with him, because he wasn't allowed. He didn't know what self-love was. He had to grow into know what that is. Mm. Something to that effect of it. But I was like, huh. Like it hit me different when I read it. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, be patient with each other. Be kind to your spouse, if you're involved with another, you know, person of the same sex, because again, we're not taught love. We have self-hatred sometimes, you know, about mm-hmm. homophobia or being in the situation. So, or situation being being gay and not having a choice in it. So, just thoughts out there we want to talk about. But, um, I said in the beginning of, of this month when I put my post out on IG that it's Prior month is June, and and on Juneteenth, I'm gonna be extra, extra gay, and we were extra extra gay on Juneteenth. So, friends, happy Juneteenth! I know it passed; it was this past Monday. Did you do anything, husband, to celebrate Juneteenth, or do you have any kind of, you know, feelings about Juneteenth? Um, well,
0: we didn't do anything on Juneteenth. You had to work. I yeah, I chose to work
1: that day. Get that double money
0: yeah so no we didn't do anything um but i do next year want to participate in something juneteenth related uh whether it is going to because this year um a friend of mine invited me to um a juneteenth like beach day but that was on sunday not on actual juneteenth and he told me about it literally on that sunday and i was like uh, with me with public places like i need at least a day in you advance to yeah I, to like mentally prepare myself i'm i'm not a spontaneous a spontaneous person when it comes to like large groups and like a brunch or a hike yes <laughs> yes i can do that last minute but to do something big like that no and i low-key regretted it because i knew on monday we weren't going to be doing anything and i wanted to Celebrate the day like give it the same energy that I've given the 4th of July in the past right like give it its same You know give give like I said give it the same energy so next year I definitely foresee myself doing something either on the day before or the day of depending on Whatever the schedule looks like, but I do want to do something.
1: Well give yourself grace because this is a fairly new federal holiday, but growing up I can think I speak for yourself, we speak for you and I speak for myself. We didn't celebrate Juneteenth. that was nothing that was the staple in our households not for, my, yeah speak my, for yourself or, so not yeah. for me it was a staple in my household we there was no Juneteenth celebrations it was no uh going to the park over there it was nothing like that. June nineteenth was just June nineteenth. It could be someone's birthday in my family because they got five thousand cousins so But go ahead for yourself.
0: Um, For Juneteenth, actually growing up, my family, well, my Nana and my aunts, uh, we would go up to Modesto and have our family reunion on Juneteenth. We would go to the park. In Modesto, um, I remember it vividly. I never knew exactly what Juneteenth was and I actually only thought it was a Modesto thing. Like I thought it was just like a festival kind of like in, um, To Fu we watched this past week when they had the oh, strawberry yeah. festival. Yeah. I thought it was just like a regional thing I thought Juneteenth was just a regional thing. Oh, um, yeah, but yeah, we would always go down there during the summer for our family reunions just in general and when we were there, Juneteenth would always fall. Like we would always go to the park for Juneteenth, and it would be a huge, like it would be huge, like multiple barbecues, and uh, it was it was it was a situation as huge as it can be in Modesto, California.
1: Well, you're the only, you're the first black person I know growing up because out here in LA, it was nothing like that. Um, so, well, that's that's fun, that's nice, and I think that you know. It definitely should be celebrated. I'm just trying to figure out what does that celebration look like. Because in L.A., so because now it's a federal holiday, they had at Limerick Park um, festival activities going on. And also Jasmine Sullivan was supposed to be the headliner to perform. Mm -hmm. And to come to find out, she was unable to perform because Negroes are going to Negro. And I mean that by, if you know L.A. area, if you know Crenshaw and Vernon, you know, so there's the Chase Bank, there's the El Pollo Loco, there's Limerick Park, all that situation. The beginning of Limerick Park. And so, you showed me a video of Negroes sitting on El Pollo Loco's roof. Uh, pizza. Or, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Wings. Yeah. Wings to all that over there. Wings, yeah, like, they them. were just sitting on top of it, chilling. Like, I... I, I just don't. I don't get it. So I, I, I want us to have something more structured or something to say. This is what we're supposed to do for Juneteenth. Like, give me something. Give me an outline. Give me something to say. This is how we were supposed to celebrate. Then I'm with that. But just to have chaos, I, I can't. I can't rock with that. So,
0: you mean like. For the 4th of July, it's like, here, are fireworks.
1: Yes, fireworks. <laughs> it's kind of barbecue. It's, it's it's a situation where you know it, it's kind of going on. You got a barbecue. You got fireworks. So for Juneteenth, are we giving every black person free drinks at the AMPM? Like, I need to know, like, what are we doing specifically for Juneteenth? Like, for myself, I worked. So I was like, you know what? We free. We got the last people found out in Texas they were free. After two years, so listen, i be free. I'm going to make this double money that's out here. And that's what I did. You know, I took advantage of working. But if there's something that's there. Again, you know, if it's rather every black person gets a free drink at the AM p.m., or, you know, we. There's an organized line dance that you're supposed to do at every cookout or something like that. Just give me some type of structure of. What is. What this day is supposed to embody. Does that make sense? So. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Okay. Well. But yeah. I hope you guys had a great Juneteenth. And you guys can go to our IG page. Let us know how you celebrated Juneteenth. Um, You know. We are very interested. You know. We'd love to keep the podcast interactive. With everything. So. Please go to the IG page. And go in the comment section. Once we post this. Episode up. And tell us how you celebrated Juneteenth. So. Moving on to the next situation, there's no easy way to really uh, transition into it just to talk about it. So you have a story about some people who were rich and we don't know if they're still under the sea or they've been found. So you want to tell the people about the story?
0: So it is the story that has swept the nation about five people going in a submarine, well, extremely rich people their net worth combined is over a billion dollars um they spent 250 thousand dollars to do an eight day trip which was supposed to include dives uh, of the wreck of the titanic the actual titanic now they lost now at the time of they're lost as far as like they're lost at sea they are, they're lost in the okay. ocean okay um they have apparently lost power in the submarine and they're unable to communicate with anyone um and they basically went off the radar unfortunately there was there is a limited amount of oxygen in this submarine uh they have about 96 hours now at the time that this recording goes live that time will be over so I'm hoping between us recording and the time that we upload the episode they will have been found but the odds are extremely stacked against them because of just the situation at hand now the Titanic wreckage is about two and a half miles deep into the ocean which is I know you think two and a half miles and you think oh the target, target's two and a half miles away, there ain't nothing, I can go there in a few but this is in the The ocean. ocean yes. and to put it into perspective more people have been to space than that deep into the ocean Oh, just to give you an idea of the practicality of finding them and you know you can't just hop in another submarine and say i'm on my way to go get them let me put on these you know headlights, these high beams and this you know paramedic uh, siren on my submarine and go get them no so because it's so deep light does not get down there at the bottom of the ocean light does not get make it there so it's pitch black it's ice cold um I don't understand why someone would want to do this because they were going to look at the Titanic. There's not, it's not like there's cameras and screens and they're going to see it on a big flat screen inside the submarine. They're going to see it through a hole that's about six inches wide. So they're going to take turns looking at this wreckage. They spent that much money to take turns looking through a peephole of, wreck titanic
1: okay
0: now they've been down there for days stuck and unfortunately the way the submarine is is made because i've been watching numerous uh people like talk about it how it's made it's only kind of like an elevator meant to go down and up like, it's not like a actual TV submarine where you're cruising underwater and got the propeller in the back and shit. No, right. it's only meant to go down. And there are several ways that it can propel itself up through, like, balloons or, you know, air to go to the top. But And those are all fail-safes to happen even if there is power outages on the submarine. But the way that it's made, they're sealed in there. So even if they are floating on the top somewhere because the failsafes have gone through on the submarine and you know bounced them back up to the top they're still stuck in there until someone on the outside gets them out can unscrew shit and get them out of there the downfall about that is if they're up above the ocean they can float off anywhere because the titanic is about 200 and something miles away from the coast okay so about 234 miles away from the coast and two mile two and a half miles deep so if they were to make their way up and kind of just drift and float anywhere so not only are they having to put effort into going you know two and a half miles deep to look for them they also have to like
1: scavenge over 200 miles 234 miles is wide to see where they could possibly be which is equivalent to driving from LA to Las Vegas
0: essentially but in the ocean where they can constantly be moving right right um because of you know the ocean moves tides so So yes and they're also racing against time because even if they come to the top it's not like they can just whoop. let me open this window let me roll this window down so they're still it's just an unfortunate situation all the way around and it's crazy to be on twitter and see the amount of jokes that people are posting about it like literally they're posting memes and it and, and being really lighthearted about it and I know it's because it's a bunch of millionaires on there and the thing is, okay, you could have Saw the movie. You could have saw the movie or you could have paid money to like go to the fucking set. I'm sure they still got the shit assembled somewhere on a on a lot somewhere. But you could have also just donated that money to people well, who needed it.
1: But you also have people when you I I will assume I'm not at that caliber yet in life, but they they have so much wealth and it's like, well, I want to be, do something exotic that no one else can do. I'm in the top one percentile of, of of people with finances, what have you. So that mindset of, you know, I'm doing something that only a few can do. Like Jeff Bezos went to space and he has some friends. Only a few people can actually to say and, and let something like that be successful to so come back to have bragging rights about that. Yeah. Right? So. I can understand their desire to do that. Pose the question to me. I that, that's not my that's not my get down because again the the you're taking a chance at faith and you knowing what that look, looks like. And if we go even deeper to it, I'm like, okay, you know, you only have so much oxygen. So like you you and it, if it if you aren't successful at coming up, like you know that's your coffin. Like that's yeah. where that's where it's at. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know not to get dark in that headspace with people but that's just the reality so thoughts and prayers hopefully like you said by the time this airs that they have been found we have some positive news so we can just put some love and light into that story but it was interesting now I one of my sources told me that they this has happened before they have done this trip before and it was successful do you know anything about that or did the trip with people to the Titanic before Again, my well, my source is my mother, and she could be wrong with this information. But she told, me, she called and told me like they had done this before. Not these people, but I guess the people who came up with the idea would have you. And and so they're surprised of how it's not going as planned. So, but again, that could be hearsay um, and not factual. Yeah, I haven't heard that. So
0: <laughs> right. I haven't you know. heard that. But. um Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and
1: prayers. That's all we can do.
0: That's uh, literally all we can do at this point. So,
1: from one record to another, let's get into this uh, Kamara Lee and Russell Simmons beef. Because Mama took to her IG Live, which I don't understand why people in media want to go to the IG Live. I guess I get it because it's, again, it's a public space and you can talk about different things that's happening. But I think that, what was going going on in their family? It wasn't public known to us, but they made it public. So mm-hmm. basically, Kumura is asking Russell Lee, uh, Russell Lee uh, Simmons, to stop harassing her and her daughters. Basically, um, she alleges that he cut his daughters off financially. Which I'm like, they're grown as women. Yeah, he you can you can cut them off, but you know she's making claims that you know he calls them names he's there's messages and texts that Kamora has been supporting russell for the last umpteen years with millions of millions of dollars of of um what's the word i'm looking for um Floating him because he's had some unsuccessful investments and what have you. And, you know, she's like, you know, I don't know if he's trying to pay me back by cutting my daughters off. So make me be the only breadwinner. But I just found this to be troubling. Then one of the daughters posted a muted um, FaceTime with Russell just kind of ranting. He's so he's visibly upset. But you don't know the context, so it just looks crazy. Kind of reminds you of when was it? Um, about to say Danny Glover, but he played with Danny, G- Mel Gibson when his daughter mm. recording him, and or was it? Am I getting my white man confused? Alec Baldwin, yeah, called Alec, him, Alec, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, okay. And Darden called her a fat pig or a yeah. hamburger pig or some or something or some pig, shit. yeah, something like that. So it's just all a mess. Um, I don't think that this needed to be shared on social media because, I mean, really, Kimori Simmons haven't been doing shit that is really relevant. Um, so, I'm trying to see why this is a story, but now it is. So, what are your thoughts, if you have any about it? I, I, one thing I agree with you, she was irrelevant to me. The story
0: is irrelevant. I don't really have any dog in the fight. I think she was probably pushed to, I believe, the daughter because I did... Um, Watched the daughter's video, and it's weird because she sounds exactly like her dad with the lisp and everything. Really, um, but she had mentioned like she feels that she was forced to go to social media or to the public about it to kind of make him stop. To like to kind of, which you know will work. <laughs> like when de- when it, you're down and out, like public shaming will make someone stop doing something. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like. I can't remember the order of event. It was the daughter that posted the shit first, and then her, and then spoke her piece about it. And then Kimora had to kind of give her two cents at the uh, um, at the end of it. Like, okay, this is why this is what's been going on. Um, so the daughter was the catalyst for going public about it, and her reasoning was to basically shame her dad into um, stopping his antics and i mean looking at the video of how he was looking again we don't have audio right but yeah it looks like that wasn't the first time he's been upset to that level with her um so i wouldn't put it past him to um be calling them bitches and cunts and all of, the things. all of the things and allegedly you know he was upset the reason why he cut off his daughters was because that he felt they sided with Kimora lee uh during the divorce proceedings and Kamora was like we got divorced like 20 years ago like 15 right, years she, ago she so. got
1: like two other she's had like five other dicks inside of her like probably probably more than that or less who knows but i know she has two other husbands like she had you know amistad and then she's now with a white man right yeah so yeah i I don't get the situation of it but you know it was it was coming across my timeline very frequent and other people as well so just felt like it was something to share with the pod but you know love and light because russell's all about the love and light right he's all about the positivity and and all of these things so
0: i mean that's what he says
1: So we'll see. So speaking of something with odd behaviors, this is a story because we are a queer podcast. We're going to talk about some queer shit. And this is something that I have a very difficult time understanding people who elect to go into this line of work and not the line of work, but because of the their position in life and what they claim that they are. So all that being said, I'll tell you the story. So there's a porn star by the name of Mike Mann. And that's in man with two ends. If you choose to look him up. He's a light skinned cat, kind of cute. Um six foot, I want to say slender body, has a big dick. And he went on an article to mention the fact that he is not gay he does gay porn exclusively does gay porn let's be clear about that um so he's a gay for payer which i really hate the gay for pay situation um he says i'm not gay i do not like men in that way i was gay for pay this shit takes a toll on the mental when you have to perform even when you don't want to so my question to you husband and to the friends out there we can have a discussion also is i never understood the game for pay right like so you go in so when you look for a, a employment right you look for a job or you look for something that you would like you go into something that you like that, to do right you're not going to a job that you just means to an end you typically go for something that you have an interest in Safe to say
0: Yeah, or something that you're good
1: at. Something that you're good at, yeah. Yeah. And so, I've always hated these straight guys, and I'm using air quotes, who say they're gay for pay. Like, your dick has to get hard to perform. Okay, even if they give you a shot or whatever, there's many tricks behind the scenes that we know about for gay porn stars. But you... Even if you're acting, you're still having the act of sex happen and you are still ejaculating. So there's some type of relief and some type of enjoyment to it because you go back to it. Now, whether you enjoy the money, you enjoy the attention, but there's some type of fulfillment, enjoyment that you get from it. So I have it. I've always had the issue with guys who say, I'm just gay for pain. Like, no, you're fucking gay. Like you. You're doing the gay acts Like. You may not be in a gay relationship. You may not be, but you're fucking dudes, fuck like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you're gay. <laughs> like I don't, I don't get it. Help me understand this. How? What's your perspective on it? Um, yeah, I don't under,
0: I don't understand it either. I think it's just a situation of, you know, people not being honest or transparent with transparent with themselves I I think it literally just boils down to that because if you you know were to get into gay porn for a let's just say gay for pay situation to get your foot in the door okay I guess but there's nothing keeping you from transitioning into straight porn right? now I pulled him up and he is an attractive man he looks like any other black dude that's been in straight porn so if that's what you prefer i'm sure you can easily make that transition and i'm sure that there's it. been others that have made the transition or that do bisexual porn for a career and for a living so my thing is I, i'm not sure how many videos he's been in or how oh, many has a lot there's
1: a lot of
0: videos okay so <laughs> what stopped you after like video five
1: right to make you know that I mean? transition
0: to what you like instead of i i mean i just don't i just don't understand that it takes a toll on your mental okay well do what is best for your mental and not do it anymore and it's like i can i can understand if you don't have any other you know skills, but it's like you can still transition this into fucking women, <laughs> and if that's easier on your mental, so I don't I'm not getting what he's trying to sell yeah,
1: and I know the pay scale could maybe differ for gay porn and everything like that but it's like, cause generally the ones the videos, I've, the videos I have seen him in he's mostly top, so and he's not really that good at really fucking he just has a big dick, like that's the thing you see dudes, you know he's in threesome scenes and you know dudes are taking turns sucking him off or what have you, so you know, I, your acclaim is you got a big deal Okay, cool. But it's like there's nothing else that's there. But also, he also is doing OnlyFans. So it's like, so you've been doing, you've been in the game for a little bit before OnlyFans. Now you're doing OnlyFans. And so, yeah, that's that's the bag, of course, because, again, people um, are very lucrative doing that. But you talk about your mental and, and it's like, but you're, sir, so you're choosing to be in this. And I understand sex work is work and I support all sex workers out there love you to death because if you didn't do the shit you do we wouldn't have shit to entertain us so I don't shut slame or I'm very sex positive when it comes to shit like that but I just have an issue I'm finding an issue with this and I'm trying to understand why I'm having such a visual reaction to him saying his mental he doesn't even like dudes but you know it, it's, a, it's a certain way his mental has to be when he performs it's like well you could just stop mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can't stop, sir, because um, there's no money, There's no amount of money you can pay me to have me have sex with a vagina. Sorry, it's not gonna happen. Like I'm not. I don't give a fuck. Give me uh, four Viagra's. I may be hard, but I'm not gonna want to put my insert myself into a vagina because that's not what I like. That's not nothing I want to do. Even going into it for a job, that's not a job fill I particularly care about. Mm-hmm. Love, love the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love the person. Don't. Love your body part. That's mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no interest in that. I have no desire about it whatsoever. So I don't understand this mindset, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't either. <laughs> so, it was, But it was just something I feel like with these, I would love to have a gay discussion about this. Even have meet with, you know, um, sex workers who may have the same mindset of I'm just gay for a pay. Like. Really break that down for me, because I really want to understand how that kind of works for you. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, but that was that. But I have a have you ever wonder why, which is going to sound like another rant, but, you know, hey, I'm okay with that. Um, So have you ever wondered why that anytime we have any type of black celebrity or any black person in media that kind of comes out that they um, spouse is always white partners, always white doesn't matter and I say this because recently a young 22 year old uh, Byron Perkins he's the first openly gay football player at an HBCU and so he goes to Hampton University now some people may say that's the real HU I don't know I was going to go to Howard so Howard to me is the real HU but I don't have a dog in the fight because I didn't go to either one of the schools but he displayed his boyfriend this month on his IG page and just so happens to be a Caucasian man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, they, look, they look like an odd pairing, uh, but it's just so many black celebrities that once they come out, they have white partners. And I'm trying to understand why is that? I mean, think of people out there listening right now think of any black gay person in media that you know. Tell me they don't have a white partner. And, you know, we talk about race on here and it's not a, you know, we. I love people. Love who you love. But there's something to be said that we have to have a discussion why every black celebrity that's in media has a white partner. Or do you see it differently, husband? Tell me your thoughts.
0: Um, I have noticed it. I feel like I've come to a a a, a reasoning that makes sense for me as it pertains to black drag queens like that have been on RuPaul like black drag queens in the public eye because I've noticed that they all have because I follow them all and well not all of them but you know about a good amount and I've noticed that they all have white partners and I've asked myself like "Mm, I wonder why and I've kind of come up with a solution. For that that makes sense to me Okay But as far as like just Gay Celebrities What was your
1: solution for the drag queens? Let's hear that
0: um, I feel I feel like Black uh, Drag queens Have chosen White partners because What they do for a living What they like and how they express How they express themselves is honestly probably more celebrated amongst white men than it would be with another black gay man because in black culture in black society being an effeminate gay man is more offensive than just being a masculine black gay man and it goes back to what we talked about earlier Like, why would us as gay people be, you know, critical or try to be harder on each other or not as warm and as welcoming? And I mentioned, well, that's in every subculture. Right. And that's what I meant. It really is. It is more valued in the black gay community or just in the gay community in general to be more masculine than feminine. And I feel especially, it's especially heightened with black gay men. And for a black gay man to be with a drag queen, which is a man that dresses as a woman, if that is your career, like it's one thing to do it as like a hobby or every now and then, but to do it as your career, like this is what you're doing probably more than dressing as a man. I feel like. It, it just wouldn't be as accepted. It would be tolerated, but not celebrated in the way I feel like
1: maybe that's what
0: they're getting from these white
1: men. So you're saying in white culture because of white gay culture that they're already immersed in. They're OK. They're accepted. They, they have their own, own community and support, so they there won't be no ridicule or shame about the situation. About this man being effeminated being a drag queen, I don't think
0: it is as much, much as insecure. I don't think it is as much as it is in the black community, and I can say that because I've grown up. I'm a black man in the black gay community, and I am effeminate, and it's just not. It's just not acceptable as it is being a masculine gay man, because it's like even if even when it comes to bottom versus topping topping is more acceptable than being gay, uh, a bottom because there are people that won't even claim being a bottom or if they do it is a stigma about it because that's made to me but it but you, you know admit it's, that it is there. Thing,
1: but it's like doesn't it well, like, it have fucking sex like, it, it is know. a thing
0: so that goes back to my point as anything associated to femininity or femininity or uh, you know being adjacent to being feminine is looked at less than and it is heightened i feel in the black gay community so when you are a drag queen and this is your career you don't want to be with some what your career comes first and you don't want to be with someone that may just tolerate what you do for a living you want to be with someone that will big you up and say damn you look good let me help you with your nails like not someone that Can you just keep it in there? Or, you know, if you're going to do it, can you let me know so I don't come over on those nights? You know, I just feel like these black drag queens may feel like, you know, they just want to be seen in the way that they see themselves. And they probably only get that from non-black men. So do you think that translates to black celebrities? I think so I mean I don't I don't know I, I honestly The reason where My theory kind of crumbles When it comes to other black gay celebrities Is a, lo- a lot of these black gay celebrities aren't Effeminate like the football Player that you just showed
1: me he looks like he's Masculine but that you know He's mass, Uh, the, the basketball players that came out um, Sam, Sam Smith Um, Sam Smith
0: Oh, the original football the original player. player I was player thinking of the yeah. singer.
1: Um uh, his name I could have got his name wrong, but uh Wanda Sites. I mean there's Billy Porter. Um RuPaul. RuPaul. Oh, but RuPaul's I mean, there's, on and on any black gay celebrity Don Lemon, like any um A B C uh Good Morning America, Robin, Robin Robbins, Robin or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. like any black gay celebrity, they have a white partner. And it just bothers me. It's like, because, and I've heard some people say, okay, well, that's all I've seen, you know, growing up. You just saw, if you saw imagery of, of gayness or whatever, it was two white people. Okay, that changed the narrative, right? Like, is there something about yourself that you have self hatred that you don't like about yourself? Because if I, and once we make it big, I want to showcase black gay love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be out there. If I, if I, was able to be entertainer or whatever and you had you as a spouse or even once we you know if, if we if this platform takes us to another level we become to that type of caliber and to have a platform of being the celebrity status of what have you. I want to showcase black gay love because there's black queer kids out there, boys and girls, who need to see that to not and don't feel like well I need to go to another race because they accept me. And again, again, I believe in love who you love. I got family that are, in I have male cousins who love every race of a woman. They have all dated all types of women, but they just and I also have some cousins who just want to date white girls, and it just and they have self hatred about themselves or situations or what have you. I just don't like people who put down their own race to then elevate another one. And my thing is just, I just think that there's something there's something in the water. If every black celebrity that is queer has they all have the common thing that they have in common is having a white partner that just there's a problem. There's something, there's there's something that's there and it's disconnect, and I would love for us to address it because at some point it's like, well fuck. Like every and reading the comments that I read on social media. Once he posted his boyfriend, every black dude is like, "Ain't nothing new. Like we knew it. We are." And you, you want to have hope? Like, oh my god. Okay, he's he's at an HB fucking. He's at the HBCU. For God's fucking sake, like, and you still got a white boy? Like, come on, that like, what the fuck? Like, it just it 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 just it makes me think. Is there internal, there's already internal homophobia, but then there is there eternal hatred towards your race?
0: Um, I mean, I think that there could be. It honestly could be if you're raised by someone that looks like you, that hates who you are based on just being born. I think there's really something that we need to look at, not necessarily, you know, one day you wake up and you're like, okay, this is socially acceptable. So this is what I'm going to do. But say, okay, well, how are these people raised? If they're raised by, clearly they're raised by parents, which are black. And if you have, you know, if you're a black boy growing up and you have a black man that is, you know, beating you for being effeminate or telling you don't walk this way or telling you why is your, you know, hold why are you holding your hand like that? I mean, chances are, you're probably not going to want to, you know, repeat that cycle in your love life. So you probably do, you go as far away from that as you possibly can, right. maybe. Um, I, I I think that there is something to be said about, you know, the celebrities. I think there is something there uh, to question or wonder about. I mean, it doesn't make a difference for me. All I can say is when we have children, I'm going to be a black parent that loves on my black child to let them know that being with someone else that's black is a safe space for them. Right. I think that's the conversation that we need to have, like making sure that this next generation feels safe with someone that looks like them. Um, because I mean there's nothing that we can do about these 40 50 something old people with white folks um, there's just nothing that we can do other than question and even at that they don't deserve to they, they, like it's not it's not up to them we don't deserve answers right So all I you know I'm solution oriented and the only I think the only solution to this is just to love. On our babies and let them know That it's okay to be who they are So when they get older they don't feel like They need to seek love You know from
1: someone That doesn't look like them Which is I feel just just sad yeah. So you know uh, friends, tell us how you feel. Tell us if you have any thoughts. You can go to our IG page at, oh, that's my gay friend
0: Or, or but I, I do want to say this because There's nothing wrong with having a preference to falling in love with the people that you fall in love Absolutely. with I do think that there is an issue when you exclusively yes. date outside your race I do want to preface that because I do have a lot of friends that are in um, multi-racial relationships that are beautiful and there's love there and you know in my family tree you can look at me and tell that there was some swirling going on so i'm not saying
1: <laughs> no we never said we're not saying again we, we always say we open we open race conversations and it's again we have friends of all backgrounds like, like i said my family i got many people who there is black asian mexican el salvadorian all up and through uh filipino and through my family you know what i'm saying so and yours as well. Well, not to the extent, but you know, yeah. some to that <laughs> some to that degree. And so it's just like, no, it's just a thing of love is love. If you fall in love with someone, that's fine. Again, my thing is you said preference, but when you exclusively exclude certain things out, it's like, well, what the fuck? That's my whole thing. And I just think that um, I don't if there's if there's a contract that they signed, like I don't know, like, I don't, I need to know something because. It's just more than a coincidence that everyone like for instance Karamo. Karamo, now that girl back in the day was in the black parties all the time. I've seen him out and he has a black son. And but once you made this to a certain caliber, now you got a white boy. But people who knew you before and you was on the real world or whatever and you got to Hollywood and you were doing the Hollywood shit. And I seen you at Hollywood parties doing whatever. But now you got a white boy. Like you that wasn't you weren't hanging out with white boys when you were before you got to this big Karamo shit, you know what I'm saying? So I just feel like there's just things that I just need for them to underst- help me understand. So, you know, but who am I except for a podcaster with my husband on the show? So friends right now, we're going to go ahead and oh, we have a question for you guys. Um, So. We're going to go ahead and talk about pride again, and we want to know for you to go to the IG page or you can email us. If you don't feel like going to the IG page, you want to be private about it, but we have a question for you, and this question is, so it's pride month. And I know we have a lot of allies who listen to the podcast and we also have a lot of queers and heterosexuals also. So in those far in between two, if you're non binary, we don't want to leave you out transgender. We definitely don't want to leave you out. You're part of our fabric of who we are. But we want to know what have you guys learned from Pride Month this month? Um, If you can tell us one thing. So if you want to go to the IG page and underneath this episode want to tell us one thing you've learned about Pride Month, uh, whether it was to be, you know, more accepting of people, or to understand that Pride started actually from a riot, or whatever it is that you felt like you learned from Pride Month, go to the IG page, talk about it, and we want to comment on it and discuss it for next week's episode. So, again, if you have any questions or if you want to, you don't feel comfortable going to the IG page, you can email us at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail or, like I said, go to our IG page at Oh That's My Gay Friend. And leave your comments there, okay? Right now, we're going to take a break and come back back with the Reality Roundup. We'll be right back.
0: All right, friends. We are back with the Reality Roundup. We are starting with RuPaul's Drag
1: Race. This is the beginning.
0: Now the episode this week the maxi challenge was for the queens to improvise in the new rue prime series forensic queens now i personally love this challenge i thought it was quick it was funny the girls were all doing what they were supposed to do i don't think that there were any real major misses um What I loved so much about this challenge. Was it was an easy reference. Like we knew it was like a CSI. Type show. It wasn't something that was. Too far out there. They literally. Stayed. On point with. The shows that they were referencing. It was just so happened that they were drag queens. Being funny. Right. Normally when they have. You know. Video challenges or acting challenges. Sometimes it can be. Too referential, where if you haven't watched what they're kind of pulling from, you're lost as fuck, and you're just trying to find the funny in whatever that they're doing. So they did a really good job this week. The runway theme was Miss Fill in the Blank, where the ladies literally had to put together looks of whatever that they wanted and kind of um, call themselves Miss Whatever, like. Miscongeniality, or you know they had to get real pageant with it which i hate it i didn't like i don't like it when they're left up to their own like devices devices <laughs> like i like when there's a strict parameter where it's like okay everyone has to wear the color orange or you know everyone has to wear corduroy or whatever uh and kind of see that their creative you know work within those parameters because this Runway it was too all over the place. Like, one bitch had like weenies on her head, the other one had like a fisting glove. I don't know.
1: <laughs> that was the fisting? When she had the um, the flag of she, um, of red, the, the handkerchief. She had the handkerchief, but she had
0: on one pleather glove. I thought that was for fisting. Shit, I should I have, I have to
1: see that again. I don't yes, know. She had
0: one pleather glove uh, when she was holding, I think, the scepter. Uh, and we're talking about Alexis Michelle, who yes. unfortunately was in the bottom two. So they didn't like her hanky. Uh, her outfit wasn't fierce enough to save her. She was in the bottom two with Kahana Montrese, which is unfortunate. I don't think Kahana deserved to be in the bottom two
1: this week. She didn't, but I want to go back for a little bit because Kahana caused some controversy earlier in the episode where, like you said, they're talking about they, they were picking up. they were picking up parts of the show they wanted to be in but Kahana because it was an acting challenge she felt listen I've been here before I know I'm going to be in the bottom and mama said she's about to leave and she was done with it and the first time in her story uh, Ru had to come get these bitches together now what did you think about that because I thought it was fucking amazing
0: I thought it was great and it was clearly needed because of course last week or two weeks ago uh, Heidi in Closet left and i don't know if mama rue was at craft services or getting her makeup done and she was like i ain't going on fucking screen looking like this uh but she but they let heidi leave they let heidi go they let heidi go two weeks ago and of course with this being a competition they can't have people dropping like flies without actually competing so mama rue had to uh Stop the whole depressive she came out And she said okay where are we standing She came to the door like, like hold up she's Hold like, up like, bitches where's my camera right here Okay y'all come <laughs> over here cause listen bitch Um and she kind of gave them uh, It was kind of like a A pep rally where she told Them that this is what they've always been Fighting for and what they've been Dreaming for and not to fuck up this opportunity Which is true And it's like they're not
1: Curing cancer They're no. there to have Fun and to show their personality, and I love that Lala Rue was like, "I just want to be a drag queen and have fun and have a kiki." She was like, it's not that serious." But Rue came, like you said, Rue came through with Avengers. Like y'all about to you're in this aperture is gonna fuck up your 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 life in the bag for you. And it was tough. It was tough love, but it was needed love. It was, and I wish really that he needed. would have done that for Heidi because I think Heidi really needed to hear that.
0: Yeah but you know I can understand them not wanting to interfere too much because this is a reality show and you want to see as much of reality as possible but yeah Rue couldn't they couldn't take another queen just leaving the set (laughs) they're
1: like uh, you have uh, 20 episodes we don't need to
0: all all 20 episodes they had to intervene at this point Um, but yeah I just don't think that through all of this Rue giving Kahana that pep talk and then kahana kind of looking to to jimbo who's killed all the acting challenges for advice and help and then she did good was she great no but this was the best acting challenge that she's had all season and for her to go through all of this kind of like story arc just to still end up in the bottom for the fourth time in a row it's kind of like okay we blew this entire episode because the way that they edited it, it kind of made you think she was going to come out on top or at least be safe. Like yeah. this whole episode was her her personal journey towards finally,
1: you know, um, rectifying herself. Yeah, I want to give an honorable mention to the Jessica Wilde though, because that whole turned her shit out. Like Lala won as she should have won. But Jessica to me was a tight second runner up. But I thought. Who was going to be in the bottom was your girl Candy because she was just so she was playing herself, so I did think that they would put Candy in the bottom versus um Alexis to see who would then battle because and and keep Kahana, but you know the writing was on the wall, yeah. I
0: would have liked to see uh Alexis and uh Candy in the bottom too because I do agree, Candy has literally just been. Being herself this That's entire it. this entire time, there's um, no
1: there's no development with her character. There's
0: no levels to no, it at, at all. all. One note, very one note. So, with the bottom two being who they are and the winner being who she is, Ree, she had to go up against the lip sync assassin. <laughs> That's a fucking joke for this person. And the the reason why I say that is because the person was George's from. Last season, the pint size Latina Firecracker. She came out and they lip synced to About Damn Time by Lizzo. Now, listen, okay.
1: So, I've been wanting the Lala reexperience experience because we know Lala Rea has her own experience. She's been a girl who's been doing it for a long time in Atlanta and everything. So, I brought my ticket for the Lala re experience. When I saw that Georgia was the lip sync assassin, in air quotes, I said, oh, she gonna eat this bitch all the way, all the way up.
0: Yeah. No, I was just saying Alexis or Glove. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it
0: was, uh, it it was something else. I mean, I really wish Lala would have worn a different wig, like a good one,
1: but she still turned it out. It was still a great she song. She turned that shit out. All the way out, there was like it was. I'm like, who? There's no one to look at. Like, Gorgeous was there. I saw her, but clearly, this was Lala' performance to have, and I'm glad she won her ten thousand doulas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So and who got, who went home?
0: So after Lala won her monies, she was the one to pick who got eliminated, and she chose Kahana Montres to go home much to Alexis's surprise, because she knows that Kahana and Lala are closer, um, close friends. But, the writing was on the wall. Kahana has been in the bottom four times, I think three of which were
1: consecutively, so. I want to say almost four, really, but I do, and I think Alexis was surprised because she knows they're like, are we playing the game where we're doing resume, or we are doing friendship? But, I think the best way to play the game is to do resume. That's the best way to look at it, to see who has have either has a win or who's done the worst, who's been in the bottom the most times and and you want to have the final five be the top bitches who deserve to be there, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think Kahana is a beautiful girl. I love Kahana down boots. Like if she if she ever performed in Vegas, we're gonna go see her. She come out here in LA, gonna watch and tip your ass, and not just a dollar. Um, so but um uh RuPaul, she is an all-star now. Uh she's elevated herself. But, you know, you went home you went home the sixth runner up and your season you were the first one to go, I believe, right? She was the second. For second. So I mean, you done good,
0: girl. No, it, it well, she's done more than good because we actually know her name now. Like on uh, during her season, you forgot about her when she came back on here. It was like, "Who?" Yeah. Uh so now she actually is has done things that are memorable and she's made me a fan. Like you said, I I'm definitely going to go see her. So yeah, this is her bookings are going to be Much better than they were before this yeah i'm tipping you five dollars not just a dollar so Good for good for you kahana (laughs) Now sashay away now she got to sashay away baby um and now we can sashay on over so that's drag race Can't wait to see the episode next week we can sashay on over to bravo and talk about these atlanta hoes Because over in atlanta The ladies are divided They are a team divided. divided, uh, And it's crumbling more than ever. You have what we talked about last week. Team A. Kenya, Candy, Drew, and Yonietta. And Team B. Sheree, Marlo, Courtney, and Sanya. So, Sheree has this idea that she wants to throw a brunch. and, And have all of the ladies come and just air their grievances out and try to come to a some type of resolve. She has this conversation with Sonya when they
1: go to the ice chamber. I want to do that. I want to do the, the uh, cryo. cryo situation. Because um, side note, I did a, a a colonic and I don't think my colonic took it. it I, I think I got gypped. So, but I do want to do the cryo situation
0: though. I uh, Yeah, I want to do that too. Because I know the benefit, I, I can only imagine the benefits of it. I right. mean, we've gone to the hot and cold dip, and those benefits are I'm instantly, yes. like you can feel it, inst- I fucking could do backflips coming up out of that thing, so I can only imagine the cryo chamber, but yes, yeah, so we have our sit-downs with Sheree and Sonia, and then Marlon, Courtney, which I could honestly care less about, uh, Sanya and Candy, sit down and talk about Sanya's allegiances because Candy has an issue with Sanya kind of teetering the fence. And my concern is Candy is really starting to sound like she wants complete servitude.
1: No, I don't think it's that. I think it's just the loyalty thing of just and I understand this. My thing is if if someone comes back to me and say, Oh, well they were talking about you, well, what the fuck did you say? Because why they feel so comfortable talking to you about me and then you going to come run and tell me that? So if you have, if someone has an issue with me and you're my friend, you should not be comfortable and you should, I think, should either one, shut the conversation all the way down or two, leave because I'm not about to be part of this because I'm uncomfortable. This is my friend and you're going to, you shitting on my friend, or, or saying some negative shit, and I don't want to hear it because I have to now go back and say this. But again, that person felt so comfortable to tell you some shit about me, so I completely agree with Candy was saying.
0: Okay, after that, we have
1: a rehearsal with Drew and Brow. Very strong word you saying rehearsal. I That's mean, a, as a dancer, I take offense to that. That's a very strong word. <laughs> this was a look and see. I honestly
0: I I mean her whole life is a look and see I feel at this point her and her husband are pretending I just don't I just don't feel it I don't see it for her I don't feel it for them clearly they don't feel it for each other because they ended up in divorce proceedings I'm
1: just waiting for that storyline to hit the show it needs to it. my issue with this was we have the white director who was giving me very much tea off of honey um, that director, he was just kind of just in that type of just energy, like you know, in the restaurant with his glasses on, and just the his whole swag just reminded me of old boy from Honey, who was the the director. So, um, yeah, this 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 thing was unnecessary because we didn't get, get anywhere, and I don't think this is gonna go anywhere. But Drew has to do something, right?
0: I guess, John. <laughs> so. I mean, I I think we can go. oh Kenya wants to have another baby, but you know, Mama's wrapped. old. Mom, listen, it's Mama's wrapped. up there. You
1: know what I'm saying? She, it's and a uh, uh, It will be a geriatric uh, pregnancy. Pregnancy,
0: and she divulged that she wants to have another child with her
1: embryo she has with Mark. Yes, which I understand that. Yeah, I totally I get, get it. it. Yeah, your your daughter will have the same mother and father. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. Your father just is an asshole, but. But we move on to the brunch that Sheree has at, I believe it's called Toast on Linux. And once we go to Atlanta in, in August, we definitely want to go there. Because I want to try that lobster. It looks amazing. So, who did you think looked the best in their Gucci outfit? So, the Gucci down outfit. Um, Sheree was very cute in hers. Uh, but, and sh- she did start to be the one for Because what I hate, I... I may lose my black card, but I really don't give a shit because I'm always gonna be black. I despise people who wear fucking Gucci. Like it, it's just it's now Gucci such a an anonymous now with black people who think they have something they want to show that they have something. So I'm not a Gucci person like that because and I like, again yeah, when you because it's so apparent they want to wear the label they want to put it out there like that. Um. So for me, Kenya's was the best because it was. Uh, Again, it was not labelly out there. It was vintage. It was classic. And a Chanel bag, which is something that's very Aquarius to do. Like, I see a thing. I'm doing it, but I'm putting my own spin on it. So that's my take. What say you? I believe
0: it or not, I really love Sanya's look. I think that she looked clean, elegant, and chic. The gold earrings, the high ponytail the blazer like kenya uh not kenya like marlo said sample size she went to the store it was very current she bought it eight thousand dollars off the off the rack and said um can i change in your fitting room i got a brunch to go to but yeah she looked very cute in her whole look from head to down accessories and everything proud of her
1: still don't want to see her ever again on my television but proud of her (laughs) but i will give an honorable mention excuse me to candy uh, that's the gin coming back up um but again at least candy's gucci was kind of subtle it wasn't uh it was the colors but i just i have an issue with just the label, just all the plaster and the label out there with them em- emblem was like that's just for me as i it's too much for me it, it it's it speaks that you broke um so yeah okay but nothing was resolved in this brunch <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It was
0: the exact same argument from the past two episodes. Candy and Marlo beef. Uh, Drew inserts herself into the beef somehow. Uh, we end up getting back onto Marlo and Kenya, which has been an ongoing beef for years that aren't completely over. Like, we get it. Y'all don't like each other. Y'all don't fuck with each other. Y'all just have to work with each other. But, like you said, absolutely.
1: Nothing was resolved. Absolutely. So um to the end of it where we just realized that I think Candy would just be cordial with Marlo at some mm-hmm. point. Um but yeah, so we'll see what happens next week with the ladies when they continue the same shit on a different day. Cause I don't see this going anywhere. I really don't see any I, of these stories lines going. Sheree mm-hmm. felt like she made uh she turned the page because Two of the four beasts were kind of settled or or moved on, but you know, um, this is where we at Atlanta. So, yeah,
0: that's Atlanta. You ready to move on <laughs> over to uh, Martha's Vineyards or Married at First Sight? Let's start Married, with Married at, First, at First, First,
1: Sight, First Sight UK. The reunion. Ooh. I'm not UK. The USA.
0: Yes, reunion where we Jesus Christ God. <laughs> More flashbacks of the season that we've had to endure for about 80 weeks. Yes. And everyone in their homemade dresses and their suits. Uh, Shout out to Jasmine getting new teeth. New teeth, who dis? I think that's the most notable takeaway from this episode. It really is
1: because nothing else about the situation. Um, y'all call her Moonlight Mac, Domin- uh, Mac tonight. Mac tonight. Dominique. Her ensemble was hideous. There was no fashion there. Her makeup was atrocious. It was a mess. Her hair would look the b- and I'm not trying to beat this woman down, but I just don't really fuck with her energy as a person. But she looked the worst out of all of the ladies. Even Nicole pulled it together. Even hell Kristen pulled it together. Looked very beautiful in her uh yellow. Mm-hmm. that she was wearing, but Dominique just, it just wasn't working but yeah, the fit issue it wasn't working, nothing at not all was cohesive up. at all, so but we didn't learn anything else <laughs> about no. these couples except for some, maybe some behind the scenes shit that Eris talked about, wanted to have an open marriage with um, Jasmine. Jasmine at some point but uh, even he said that he was just playing he
0: didn't mean it seriously, right it was just a, it was two just hours of nothing.
1: It really was. And the the biggest part for the reunion, the reunion to me is that Kevin wants to have a Kiki. I think Kevin wants to be part of the cast. And he just finds a joint because he kept pressing the same question over and over to Clint and to Gina about being together. And they're like, listen, like Clint has a whole ass girlfriend right now. So it's like it's never going to be a thing. It's not going to work. They said their no on decision day. Like, stop trying to make Fetch happen. It's not going to happen. So, that's for me. That's the first. Time. Like, I don't have nothing else to give to the show. Like, we've already given our last child <laughs> to this show. And I have even <laughs> less to give. So, Martha's Vineyard it is. So, Martha's Vineyard you have to go ha-
0: Summer House, Martha's Vineyard is coming up on its final episodes this is the second to last so of course everybody wants to pull out the beef uh right now for some reason not the beef and sizzle it on the hot summer day so the first person to get the
1: smoke was alex this week as he the fucking deserved because he first of all said that jordan hey jordan you look kind of thick there that was like, Jordan's like, wait, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, she's like, is that necessary? Like, right. did you have to tell me that? It's one thing to think it. Yes, we're attracted to people. But when you feel like your opinion on someone's looks is warranted right. to let them know, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Um, so, yeah, Alex gets drug for bringing up Shanice's issues with her ex to everyone except Shanice instead of going directly to her and saying hey I googled you because that's what he did he admitted to googling everybody and finding and figuring out their business um instead of saying hey I googled you what's this about or just not saying anything at fucking all because you're don't you're not like, I'm the entitlement of people feeling like they need to know other people's business.
1: So, I get the okay, because they're all cast and they didn't know each other, so they got cast for a show. So, I understand mm-hmm. to say, okay, like, hey, let me Google or IG search you, see who you are. Oh, I absolutely. totally get that. I agree with so, that. So, but you. I think also if you do it and then you allude to it in your OTFs, at some point, I have a conversation with the motherfucker, like, hey, so I Googled you, I lit you up, or whatever. So at least that way we all are we all are aware of it and not coming out of now you're having side conversations about well a friend sent me an article about her so I don't want to want to fuck with her or whatever like then that makes you look like a jackass.
0: Yeah when you can easily just be like she's not my type or I'm not here for that or I'm just here to have fun or it's just a summer vacation let's just all get to know each other. There were literally a plethora of things that you could have done other than what he did. Like I have no problem with Googling people because I understand I Google if I'm about to start working a new job I And I got some names or I got a name on my supervisor. I Google people, right. but I'm not Googling and then whatever information I find out going around and Discussing it because it has nothing to do with me What Shanice did with her ex. I don't even understand why it is a point of discussion in this house. This isn't like Love Island. Like this isn't a relationship-based Right. you here for a short time. Yeah, you're here for a short time just to have fun or just to have make new connections.
1: But like he and Shanice never even got to that point. So it was like why even bring it up. But even some more what's even more disgusting is that they all had a conversation about it without Shanice being present. So it was he had He had had the conversation and other people chimed in and knew about the story. But it's like still no one is going to Shanice to say, hey, girl, we're talking about your ex, your your situation. You know what I'm saying? So that was all bad. But Alice decided to get up from the the table and uh, excuse himself because he felt he was being villainized and he now wants to become a victim.
0: He said he did not feel safe in the conversation. Currently... And excused himself and sashayed
1: into the house. Now, watching this as a black man, since he, another black man said he didn't feel safe, I appreciate the fact that he is showing the vulnerability and, and oh, using yeah, his absolutely. words. But it was still. I also did find myself laughing like, "Nigga, you don't feel safe. Like if you don't shut the fuck up, like you, don't, like you over here calling the girl thick, but you don't feel safe. Nigga, if you don't shut your pussy ass up, like that, just it just doesn't go hand in hand, like." I don't feel safe in this space. No one's saying that you are over here saying that shit about the girl. It was just, it just it, for me, it was just too much about the way he presented that situation. I don't feel safe. So, but such is life. Um, they had that conversation, and then um, later on that evening, I want to say right, that's when we had yeah. a different conversation. But it also, but it's, it was surrounding Jordan. And the way she feels sexualized by several of the men in the home.
0: Yeah, so it stemmed from Jordan and Alex having what started as a lighthearted conversation. And he made a joke about her not being seriously, uh, not being serious about her celibacy. Kind of like, girl, you like, you know, you still having sex or, you know, you've had sex. And she took it personal. She didn't laugh. She kind of veered into, now, why is it okay to make jokes or to be lighthearted about my sexuality or my celibacy when no one jokes and, la- and laughs and takes lighthearted jabs at you and your spiritual journey? Or your veganism. And your veganism, like you doing yoga
1: every morning. And she also that. pointed to the fact that... It's, um, he talked about he doesn't drink but this summer he's been drinking Mm. because that was something else to her to her arsenal she had like to her point like you making all these jokes about me but i ain't touched a dick in a year but you're taking these jabs at me right but that's usually how it
0: goes right like when someone is pointing a finger at you there's usually like two more pointing back at them right he's the one that's not taking the shit that he protests seriously so he's just assuming because he's you know doing
1: fuck shit on the side that she's doing the same well so I think it's two part I think it's twofold I think because he still has a crush on her so he's doing that old school like you know again calling the girl thick and and, and acknowledging the fact that I want to flirt with you but then also because Amir first episode put a whole claim on her like dibs i got dibs on jordan no one else better fucking talk to her or look at her so i think he's dealing with that also i think um and and realize okay well amir's not gonna have a shot at her so let me try to at the 12th hour put my bid in and i just think it's just it he read her wrong
0: he read her completely wrong because how about this he didn't take the time out to just just get to know her to know how to approach her or how to joke with her before he went into, I like her, so let me try and shoot my shot.
1: But that's the thing because he didn't take the time because that's what she was talking about because Amir put this caveat like, okay, this I put my claim on her so no one can say, so that's what she's like, well, now I feel fucked because one person put a claim out there and now no one wanted to get to know me because he put this claim. Like, that's unfair to me. And it's absolutely unfair to her, but it also
0: is idiotic of the other men to think that they can't get to know her as a friend.
1: Well they're trying to do bro, code, but it also is some juvenile elementary type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Which so. is
0: which is asinine for the men because Very again they're so. supposed to be men. Right. And they can still befriend her and get to know her without trying to get
1: in her I mean Nick didn't he get a whole ass girlfriend. He was in the bitches DMs, you know what I'm saying, putting fire emojis and shit. So apparently I guess if you put a fire emoji, that's flirting with someone, I guess. Um because apparently to them apparently to the woman that's what they said that he was doing mm-hmm. and so they're like oh so he's flirting with us but he has a whole ass girlfriend so it was just all unfortunate especially to see that she had to have that breakdown and she then talked about being sexualized by all of the men and you kind of did see that oh, you uh, except for that. Silas because you know he's an asshole um, and trying to figure out his marital situation but you know um what Let's I should th- learn. What I found. I hope. What
0: I found more concerning was Jasmine's punk ass. Later, after Jordan had that moment, and the entire house kind of rallied around her, right? Like you know, we love you, we're sorry, it, all that good stuff. Later in her bedroom with Silas, Jasmine divulged that it was a beautiful situation, but she was jealous that she wasn't able to bring the house together. In the way that Jordan brought the house together.
1: Oh, it was apparent. It was so apparent.
0: Now, oh, and if you've been watching the whole season, you can, you, you this came as no surprise. <laughs> her, her divulging, having this moment was absolutely no surprise. But I mean, I guess I have to give her kudos on actually Amating saying it. it. Yeah, and admitting it. There's
1: people it? that aren't able to admit that when they are jealous or envious of someone. Yes. So that's fine, and she talks about being insecure, but she, yeah, it's like you're not that girl to bring new people together. So just let that go. But in her mind, she has to be the center of attention. Yes, she
0: has to be the reason she for the season. She has to be the the common
1: denominator and, and of especially all because things. I have now, I now I have the husband, so I beat the I am at the pinnacle now. So I've like, won. I'm I've him. won.
0: Yeah, I
1: got the I got the prize. So you should be you should be listening to me because you by, you bitches are doing this shit wrong. Yeah. So
0: I'm the one that won the prize. So I can tell you how to Silas win. is not a prize, so you baby you might want to throw that back. Silas is a one is <laughs> oh, <it's> one big <laughs> ass rain. red flag. That is a red. Ooh, flag. So this Negro right.
1: gets upset about an iron. So anyone who knows if you go to somewhere and if it's not your own iron, okay? You know if you go to a hotel or somewhere else, you don't know how that iron function, right? He had a pair of pants. Something was fucked up with the iron, and a residue got on the pants. And he was pissed off and ticked off and basically called her called her everything except for the son of God um, about the pants. And later on, as the night continued, basically was like, "You can't fucking an iron, and you pretty much are stupid." That's that was my take from the situation.
0: He was very. It was almost as if. He felt she did it on purpose, and yeah, it was it was unfortunate.
1: Yeah, he has this idea of what a marriage is supposed to be, and or a a male, and, and this whole thing. He tries to use his background as a what was he uh in the service or whatever to to say that that shaped his personality. That's who he is. Cause even when he was, him and Jason were taking the table out the the door, he trying to tell Jason how to lift a fucking table. Mm-hmm. Like he just has control issues, basically. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, and I think she's gonna get tired of that at some point. I think she sees it now, but I think she, I think Mama's tired already. We saw last yeah. week when she broke down crying at
0: the table when they went out for dinner. Like marriage is hard. <laughs> if you're doing that in the first two years, baby, listen.
1: You ain't gonna survive. <laughs> listen but one fun thing that came out of this as we wrap this uh show up is preston decides to show us his boyfriend of a few years and he also decides to have a pride night with the gang and tries to give some type of history about pride and how it came about after they had their sunday dinner and um it was a cute it was, a, I would give it a, I'm not gonna give, I'm gonna give it an E for effort, because that's what effort was to go on your report card, right? You had E and F for effort or some shit. Maybe your sure. report card, you had like A and then you had effort, you like, you know. I D just remember a, a,
0: B, C, D, E, F, or not E. No, but F. you had
1: like co- cooperation and work happens. You had like an E for effort. Okay. Effort, you know what I'm okay. saying? That whole, okay. I give him an E for effort because this shit was not successful. <laughs> um, it was kind of a joke, and I, you know, him being the only gay person in the household of, of heterosexual people, like, they seem to be ally-ish, but, you know...
0: I, but I do commend them on even doing it, because, of, like you said, he's yeah, the only I, I gay just, person, that. so that it could have easily just not have happened. It could have easily been like, um, yeah, no. <laughs> like, no, there's no need. Everyone else is straight. You're, yeah, you're the guy
1: is trying to do like this, um what's the damn a best man type of, you know, dance routine. It just wasn't reading right. So, you know, but hey, kudos. But like you said, next week is the season finale of Summerhouse Martha's Vineyard. So we'll see what will happen. If there are any final hookups or, or if Silas and Jasmine will fuck, you know, on the pool table or something like that. We have no idea. You stay tuned. So, Next up, what do we have on the docket? So next up we got it's them bad boys, bad boys of Houston, ladies and gentlemen. And the fuckery continues. Now you know we are very ratchet people here. We love all things ratchet in our household for television watching because it's very entertaining. However, I can't even co-sign for this shit that happened. So Rasby pretty much goes on a rant and tries to fight Orlando. Brown, which is supposed to be a little play brother and all this type of shit, but we don't know what's the problem. Raz apparently was either turned up or on something, like it's very unclear because, um, he has this behavior that continues throughout the entire day as they're filming, and he's he turns up on the whole bus of all the dudes. And apparently, as they're trying to go to another studio, uh, because Prince had booked them a studio mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. and it was just horrible and tragic. Um, B apparently took a knife with him <laughs> to said studio after he's you know turned up all day and and is acting belligerent because we've never seen him act this way. He's this is out of the character of him. Would you say
0: on the show? Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, on this show. And so, to the point where he had to take his own transportation to this second studio session and as he's walking in he's still irate and still talking about anybody can get the smoke and I guess Jonathan Wright got tired and popped him in the head to the point where fell down. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that I don't know where they go from there in this situation. Um, next week's episode, they're gonna—you see them addressing the fact that he had actual knife, and so I don't know if all the guys are gonna feel safe because they feel like okay, if you're taking a weapon with you and you may have had an intent to want to use this weapon, you know, I don't know what you, I don't—I wouldn't feel safe with that type of situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we can score up and, and we could box all day, but once you take a weapon, like. We may have a different conversation. Cause he also threw his cell phone at the camera people. Rasby. Yes. Uh yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, yeah, I don't know if he was on the off that shirt. I don't know what the he was off of, but he was definitely not acting like um the Rasby we have been seeing in these past few episodes, which was kind of calm, cool, and collected. So um but we also find out that rel is leaving he said he will be back but we don't know how long this quote-unquote tour is going on with the bad boys in, in uh texas because apparently rel's boyfriend's sister attempted death by suicide and um they were believed to they believed for her to be brain dead and so he's holding hope that you know when he gets there she may wake up but if you know anything about being brain dead that's pretty much Kind of indicated that that's that's pretty much the end, um, but you know prayers are light to his family and, and that in that situation, but he decides he has to leave and take care of that business, and he also kind of insinuates when he had the fight with Carry On that this is the reason why they were having. He told Carry On like you don't know what I'm going through, and I think that's why he was so pressed to get Carry On. He was trying to work out his anger. Mm. So it all makes sense now. Because Rel's not a turn up type of dude. Like that. At least season two he hasn't been that way. Season one, he's trying to make a name for himself. He definitely was that person. Because I'm like, what happened to the... Where the money reside out the car. like You don't seem like that cool, funny guy. You yeah. know? But that's where we are with these girls on Bad Boys, Texas. It's... I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. I'm just trying to see this all the way through. I think if they do another season, they need to have some more structure because these niggas are just really going from different Air Different Airbnbs. Did I say that right? No, you didn't. Airbnbs. Airbnbs. Thank you. I'm tired. Airbnbs <laughs> all around the city. Um... To just talk about the living quarters and fight over the biggest room. So, there you have it. We're bad boys in Texas. But we want to talk about this last show, which is Go-Go for the Go. We find out we have about 16 new dancers. It's season two. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's on Apple TV, on Out TV. Check out Go-Go for the Go. First episode, we see all the dancers. No one goes home. So, spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't watched it, but... It's a really fun episode if you want to see naked men shaking and gyrating and doing all the things and all different body types Um, and some definitely different uh, dance level, skill levels, you know, some amateurs to some professional dancers. Um, So yeah, check it out. Go, go for the gold. And that's what we will talk about in depth next week. But right now, husband, I want to ask you, who is your bestie of the week?
0: My bestie of the week goes to Kahana Montrese. Okay, you know you came, you did something, and you will be remembered. Congratulations,
1: girl. Who's your bestie of the week? My bestie of the week goes to Miss Janet Jackson again. It was this is the combination of her tour this together again tour tonight. And as a fan, a fanatic of it, just to see her being out there at this stage of life, doing the damn thing at 57 years old, mama is still doing it better than some of these young girls. And she looks amazing doing it and everyone has nothing but praise for her the show and so i'm just so happy that she has had another successful tour i hope she takes it to europe so yeah that's my bestie of the week so friends we want to thank you for tuning in to another wonderful episode of oh that's my gay friend we thank you for giving us about an hour and 45 minutes of your time you have another 22 hours to yourself to enjoy please be kind to yourself remember it's pride month so you know if you are ally just give a hug to someone who's queer because you never know they may need it okay until next time friends bye Bye, friends today's episode of oh that's my gay friend is brought to you by the letter a hey listen did y'all really think we're gonna teach you guys something (laughs) this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at oh, that's my gay friend. Or email us your questions at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends.